could mean this, it could mean this, what does this data signal mean, what does, and you're thinking, then stop asking 70 questions, because exactly. it's creating too much noise. Are you, are you, are the, are the interviews, I guess, are you going to going to kind of conduct, once you build out that consulting arm, is it going to be just kind of consulting and conversations with the executives and the C-suite, or are you going to actually start having those conversations with his staff as well? We're bottom up. Got we, it. Okay. All the tool with the people bottom up. We, we, what we're trying to do, we're saying that um, we have to create transparency in organizations so to get faster. The, it's um, in the past the way it was done was the data was collected. Um, some senior vice president got the data. He or she filtered it. HR filtered it, and then it was thrown back down to to the people. Um, and then this is what we're going to do or nothing was done so you awake lots of expectations the data disappears for two three months and what yeah. you get back is then just one slide saying well this is what we've seen and nothing ever gets happened yeah um, and with this sort of way if you're going to I mean, we really want to I mean, for me the new organization is the team and I think people have got to get past this concept of that they work for an organization they don't you don't work for a company you generally work for your team that's very true. Join the team. You know, if you leave an organization, you leave because you're not happy with the leadership, or you leave because the team is just not adding value to you as a person in your, in your role. You leave, you'll go. So when people say you're working for a particular company, I don't want to name out any companies. I don't want to now make any company look bad or terrible, or because it's not about that. It's just we have to get past this concept that I work for this company. Mm, look, no, you don't. You work for the team, and you are with yeah. the people within that team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just imagine. Would you like? You're working for a company. Yeah. Um, and you've loved the company for years. Um, but if, and and then um, the leadership changes, and you know this leadership is not going to be helping the company, and you know that the team is not working, will you stay? No, I would. Hundred. Hundred percent. You wouldn't. You wouldn't say because yeah. it's that name. You wouldn't say well, it's because that brand. It's because I believe in the company. You would think. I think it's time for me to move on. And you uh, see, you know, you see your good colleagues going as well. Do you find any pushback with the leadership, right? Do you find any pushback where they are, you're having these very candid, very in-depth conversations with the staff, and then you're pretty much taking that data and you're explaining to them how they're feeling, what their viewpoints are. Do you find any pushback? Have, or actually, have you even started those conversations yet, I'm assuming? Or? Yeah, we have, we have, we have. We've got lots of them going on. We, we don't get pushback, but we get a lot of questions. We get, um, what we find is a lot of misinformation. So, they, um, I'll give you some examples. Um, one example is, um, one aspect has not, that has not been scientifically proven, and there is no correlated evidence to show that the way we measure performance actually works. So if I give you a goal 12 months from now and ask you to run towards that goal with your team, and then I check on you every quarter to say, well, are you keeping up with your goals? Um, there is somehow a belief that that is directly related to the bottom line and it'll make money. And it hasn't been proven. So yeah. why are we doing it? Nothing, nothing correlates. Nothing, nothing, no studies have been done on that. What's the closest thing that correlates to? Because I'm assuming there has to be some sort of data that that is out there. That why organizations well, yeah, well, do. That's it. the thing we're trying to find out. And you know, what are the leading indicators of performance? And what we're finding, what the leading indicators of performance are, are things like well-being, um, feeling of belonging, um, feeling of accomplishment, 
um, being psychologically safe, being able to be vulnerable and speak up and say what you need to say, so the team can actually learn and grow. Because learning is a process of elimination in the system. Yeah. Um, And what happens is if you start, and people, and, and, and another thing leadership is confusing, when they look at key performance indicators, is they believe that they're indicators to help the organization learn, they're not, they're goals. And the minute a measure becomes a goal, it ceases to be a measure. Let me let me ask you this. Probably the last question here. Um, what? So let me give you my quick background, and then I'll probably ask the question just yeah. briefly. And this will be good too for us to have a little bit of context before we have yeah, the next. Definitely. You know what I mean? Um, so uh, I'm a former entrepreneur. So at twenty, I'm twenty. I'm almost twenty nine now. So twenty, twenty one, twenty years old. One of those. Um, I started a football academy. So uh, an American football academy. So here in the states, I played for a really big college had some success, built out a um, year-round football academy. So there was a psychological component. We would break down film and break down kind of the the mental game of the sport. And then we had the physical component as well. Um, And I did that year-round and grew that to a a low seven-figure business uh, relatively quickly on the backs of Under Armour. I'm I'm in Maryland, so Under Armour, the brand, is based out of Baltimore. Uh, So I had a really great partnership with them locally. So on the backs of them, on the backs of great coaches, built out a seven-figure brand. And I say that because it wasn't really credited to me. Um, I uh, I did I did some hard work, but I don't want to say that I was this amazing entrepreneur from the get-go. It was a lot of great strategic partnerships. I took that knowledge, went on to do some consulting for people that just had an idea. So if you wanted to get an idea off the ground and get it moving, I was your guy to go to. So I did that for a number of years. Um, and I realized through running the first brand, doing the consulting, and that I went on to actually do some out of the box stuff and do some consulting and marketing for um, a restaurant as well, which was an odd thing. Um, so those three things, I always noticed that my relationships, my um, emotional intelligence, my connection with employees, as well as fellow leadership was always something that I really appreciated and enjoyed. Um, and uh, that's kind of led me to where I am now, which is the chief of staff and director of employee experience for a startup here in Baltimore. Um, and so having said all of that, my main focus is really everything around what you're saying is I, I genuinely believe in. Right. And, and what I'm trying to figure out now is how can I level up my game as far as understanding kind of the inner workings from people that have been studying this, researching this and really understanding this for 10, 15, 20 years like yourself. Um, I'm coming at this from a, a more out-of-the-box, tangible, just grinding it out, doing random things here and there, and realizing that I I find a, a passion and an enjoyment for uh, leadership, for emotional intelligence, for culture, for those variables. Um, it comes natural to me. So my question to you is this. For a guy like me, this stuff comes super natural, so I get super excited about it. Um, I do research two, three hours a day on my own, um, and I try to build relationships with people like yourself so that in the future, I can learn from you guys. Hopefully, at some point, I can maybe try to leverage the relationship, and maybe you guys can meet introduce me to someone. Um, what's your stance on when leadership understands what you're saying at a common sense level and at a basic level, but they don't fully believe it, Right. Because there's a difference between working with your with your with your company, understanding it, and saying, "Okay, this makes sense. I think we should put this in play." 
opposed to genuinely believing it. You come at it with a different level of of passion, I believe, when you actually believe and you actually want to see the change in your employees opposed to just doing it because you've paid the consulting fee and this is what you think will work based off of the data. Are you getting what I'm saying? I think there's a difference between data and an understanding that it'll work at a at a logical sense and an emotional level and actually caring about these people and wanting to see that change and wanting to see that engagement. What's your viewpoints on, on all that? That's a big one, that is. Um, it I'm is a big to, one, yeah. Yeah, so like, I think there's some really like hands-on, really practical things you can do up front. Um, like if you are in a process of transformation, Let's say, let's take, I think, let's take an example. Let's take somebody who doesn't, you know, who like understands it, but doesn't buy into it. Yeah, yeah. So let's, let's take somebody, let's take an extreme case. And, 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 and oh, that's not common? Yeah, yeah, I find at the moment is, um, you find most people are, like, I think your question is spot on. How do you actually get it to, sh- how, do you get it, how, do you, how do you show it to people who are struggling? They can see it, they understand it, and they go, well, I, I can't make it work. Yeah, and I think what happens there is then there's this this whole idea of um, if something fails, I am to blame for it. So there's already an old thinking driving it. Do you understand? It's almost like, look, I've got to, you know, if I do a project, it's got to be successful. And they go, well, then don't call it a project. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you yeah. believe all projects have to be successful, exactly. Then, then, then don't call it a project. What, what can you call it that will help you label it in a space that it allows it to also um, us fail and us to learn? Maybe like an experiment, maybe? Well, well, let's label it as an experiment. So that's the first thing. So get the labeling right, man. Get, get, get your semantics right before you even begin. You don't want to say this is going to be the... Don't do a, a strong kickoff. Yeah. Massive launch. This is going to change the whole of the company. And it falls flat on its face. No. How about then doing a soft launch? They say, well, look, can we start gently with small steps? Let's start in the place of least resistance. Yeah. Um, if it's a real hard-nosed leader who's saying, I just don't believe in shit. And you go, okay, look, let's take one of your ideas. Let's take one of the ideas you think, because you think you know better. People very often say no, because they think they know better. Yeah. Yeah, so go, well, let's take one of your, 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 your ideas, um, and we will only deploy it and do it if you get 85%, 80% of your organization to agree to it. And we will measure that. We will measure that. We will make sure that it's done um, anonymously, but we'll get people to say yes and no. Yeah. <laughs> right there. And very often what happens is only 30% say yes, and they go, oh, no, no, up it to, to, to 60 I'm not going to do your thing until you've got 85%, 85 percent of your company saying, yes, we're going to do what you say, leader. Yeah. And most people will just do it out of fright because then they're going to lose their job. And then they start, but then, and then I, I just like, you know, I just, little things. I, I don't start big, I start small. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big fan of going out there and doing rah-rah. I'm, I'm, I'm a big, like, talk to your people, talk to people in production line, talk to your, your teams and, and start small. Genuine um, conversations opposed to um, opposed to sitting up, I'm like I've I've, I've even imagined because I've seen companies do this. They get two three hundred of the staff together. They have a microphone and they kind of speak out this BS. Um, and then they're not opposed to not having genuine conversations with with your with your tribe. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, you know, and exactly so what I say there is then instead of like going up and speaking in front of people, um, why don't you do something? Um, why don't you use every town hall or all hands as um, as a point to collect data? Yeah. Why don't you like put up three boards, or four boards, get your groups around them, and give them a simple question, um, a very very simple question, so as simple as you can get. You know, um, 
And, and I would not use a performance question. Yeah. I would not say what's broken, what's working. I wouldn't use those sort of questions, but use a question that helps us to learn. So like, you know, when you look at, you know, sports like you are, um, what helps you grow is not the games you win or lose. No. Is what you said before, you did the, you do the learning, you do, you do the videos, you do this, you do that, you cut things down, you break yeah. things into little seconds, you show, well, look what's happening here. And what you also build on is you never build on the gaps. Yeah. You always build on the strengths. You like say, look, you're, you're really good at passing the ball down the left side. We need you there all the time and keep passing, man. Keep passing, keep passing because you're strengthening the team down that side. Exactly. And then out of that, you start seeing more things. Yeah. So, and, and the, the interesting thing is there for me is always, once again, like, you know, like, then ask that question. Like, you know, in each of the balls, it's just like, what will strengthen us? And then let the groups, leave the groups alone. Yeah. For now. And say, look, what we'd like is three flip, three post-its on each of the boards once you're done. And then you go around the three groups and each of the groups, with groups of 10, 12 people, when somebody's facilitating it, you know, you just pick one. They say, look, Julie, you facilitate this 10. Hey, John, you facilitate those 10. Hey, hey, hey you. You, 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 over there. you facilitate those 10. Simple question. What strengthens us? And have your little talk half an hour, but you're going to summarize with three flip chart three which got three post-its at the end you can have hundreds of pieces of information on there but we're going to we want you to summarize down to three key things that if we did it who worked on their strengths today it will help us grow and be a stronger company tomorrow yeah and then if you've got nine post-its then give them to the leader and say look these nine post-its take them away and think about them and come back next week and let's have another talk you see what i mean it's like, no it's I, like, I totally get it as, as, as sensors i mean they're, they're great sources of data and how are you? And how are you finding these companies? That's another thing too, because another. So the last thing, and I'm looking at the time here. I know you got to run. The last thing that I'm trying to do here is I'm. Uh, so I'm doing. I've been in this role now for two years. Um, I love it. Uh, my employees love me. Uh, I, I would like to think they do. I hope they do. Uh, um, and eventually, I'm looking probably five, six years down the road. I want to get. Entrepreneurship is in my blood. I know it for a fact. So I definitely see myself five, six years down the road having a nice boutique consultancy where I'm working with 10 or 15 brands throughout the year at a very in-depth level um, and kind of doing this consulting and really kind of taking my brand and my philosophies, plugging in theirs, hopefully, and uh, seeing some change. So how are you How are you finding these brands? I mean, are these through previous and prior relationships? Are, the, are you using LinkedIn? What is what are your what are your common methods of just building so, these relationships? There's a few things that I think you've mentioned a few already. But one of them has been um, I had a mentor, so I've always been accompanied by a coach or a mentor throughout my life. I've yeah. been alone. Um, um, and one of the things that happened about eight years, four, ten years ago was I wanted to move away from numbers, driving me as a salesperson for my own company. And a mentor helped me to work out the best way of doing that. That was to make sure I meet eight hours of new people per week. Interesting. New people. So what happened was suddenly I had to always look strategically ahead and see, well, who am I meeting next week? But you're taking up now an hour of my week where I'm meeting somebody new this week, somebody yeah. who I've never met in my life, and I'm yeah. learning and I'm growing. Uh, I'm talking to you know another part of the world because of the technology we have today, yeah. great advantages we have with technology. Um, that was one thing. So I've been doing that for ten years, and every Saturday I sit, I walk with my dog, and I think about, well, have I been arrogant this week? Have I been too much? Have I have I thought to myself at any one point I know more than somebody else? Um, and why haven't I got my next eight hours set up for the next three weeks? You know, and it's eight hours every week I've got to meet new people. Interesting. Um, so that's one thing. 
um, that really, really helps. The other thing is like that podcast, um, two of the clients we you've approached us have listened to us on podcasts. Only today, um, I had another um, HR head drop LinkedIn and say, look, I just listened to your podcast in Berlin. Um, about your thoughts and I just connected with you in my car this morning and um, hey, if you ever come to Cologne or if I come to Vienna, do you mind if we go for a coffee? Boom. That's yeah. How it goes. Yeah. Um, another way is um, yeah, coaching, I've been coaching top executives for many years. Um, and, it, and the last thing I'd say, so it's been network, um, it's been having a right keep, um, a right performance indicator and my performance indicator was checking in on my ego and getting to know new people. Yeah, at a very genuine and, um, level. Yeah, and then the last thing I would say, um, and this is the biggest thing, my biggest asset is my ignorance. Interesting. My biggest asset is not knowing. My biggest asset will always be when I talk with somebody I never come across as if I know. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And that's something I've had to work on as well. And that's something I'm really working on with this go around is... I'd spend more time studying and more time speaking with people like you and finding mentors and just trying to immerse myself into this world instead of saying, well, I think I have the upper hand because I ran, I was in entrepreneurship for a while and I'm doing like, no, be like, there are so many people that have so much more information to give me than I have to give to the world. And if I can keep in that mindset, do you have a meeting tomorrow? Uh, do you have a meeting with your, with your people tomorrow or the day after this week? Do you have any meetings with your people this week? I do, actually. I have uh, two one-on-ones tomorrow, actually, yeah. Okay, then when you start those two one-on-ones tomorrow, maybe you want to do a little check-in, a warm-up, 10 minutes. And say, look, we're going to spend 10 minutes with uh, one question. Um, and you talk first or the other person talks first, depending on how you feel. But you share something and you allow that person to share something with you. And the question is, how do you hold your ego in check? Interesting. Just ask that question. So let's talk more myself. Yeah. So I'll show you how I do it, and you tell me how you do it. And out of that, we learn, we become vulnerable. And when people become vulnerable, um, you create the continual psychological safety. And within that psychological safety, the conversation that follows your warm-up will be a lot stronger, a lot more depth, a lot more connection. And somebody saying, wow, I can open up there. I think we should end it there. That was good. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a really good tip, actually. Um, I, I like to think that I have a, a really good, empathetic, genuine relationship with them, but I've, I've never asked that question before. I've never... Well, and maybe that you need to have the check-ins. Yeah. They, what you've got to do is you've got to start... The, the process you put yourself through, try to vocalize them inside yourself, and then turn them into like a question that you can use in your check-ins and say, look, this is something that touches me on a daily basis. And today's check-in for, for us all is this small little question. And you see, give, give the room, give the room that space to slow down and come to, come to terms with, with the question you brought to the room. Yeah. And maybe at one point, one person says, hey, yo, Anthony, I've got a question back here as well. Can I bring one next week? And you go, yeah, please yeah. do, with your little story and let us share. And what you're doing is you're building tacit knowledge of the group. It's the cognitive strengths of the team. And, and, and the group of people and those are the things that you know that when you're in a room you just feel the vibe you just feel you're, you're in, in you're in flow with everybody you know you move your body they move their body in the same direction yeah and when you can see that in a group um, then you know ah, they're, they're watching out for each other interesting I really appreciate this I really do um, I, I want to go on from, to so much more